Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job challenges us to stop making excuses and start moving forward. You'll never change unless you decide, I want to change more than I want to stay in this old place until you are sick of being sick, until you get to the point where you learn enough that you want to change, that you hurt enough that you want to change, that you get enough help that you want to change, you will stay the same. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago and President of Moody Bible Institute. Well, there are a lot of people who know about Jesus, but they're looking at Him from a distance. They see Him with His head low as He's hung on a cross, or they picture Him as a meek shepherd or a carpenter alongside Joseph. But how often do you picture Him standing right in front of you? How many times do you think to look up and see Him present in your life right now? Mark, you're reminding us now that we have the ability to see him and experience him up close personally. Yeah, and Wayne, we may not be able to touch him physically or look into his eyes, but we can still experience his presence in a very real and powerful way through his Holy Spirit. And today we're going to look at the book of John chapter 5, and we'll see a man that was able to experience Jesus in an up-close way when he was disabled, full of excuses, and needing change in his I'm life. I'm excited to learn more about this. Today's message from our series, Jesus Up Close. Here's Mark. We're pretty good at excuses sometimes, aren't we? We've honed the art of excuses at times. I was reading recently... These are actual excuses of notes that were sent to teachers of why students were not in school. Now, you and I know that sometimes students, well, they fake their own notes. And so some of these may be fake notes, but these are actual excuses sent to teachers of why a student was not in school. One of the notes read, my son is under the doctor's care and should not take PE today. Please execute him. I think they meant meant excuse him. Another actual note said, Dear school, please excuse John for being absent on January 28th, 29th, 30th, 31, 32, and 33. I have a feeling that was written by a student in grade school and not the parent. Another excuse said, John has been absent because he has... He had two teeth taken off his face. Okay. Another one said, Chris will not be in school because he has an acre in his side. I think they meant ache. Another one said, please excuse Tom for being absent yesterday. He has diarrhea and his boots leak. I think that's too much detail. Another literal excuse said, Sally won't be in school a week from Friday. We have to attend a funeral. Interesting that they could plan a funeral a week from Friday, right? Another one, I love this one. Moms will relate to this. Please excuse my son's tardiness. I forgot to wake him up, and I didn't find him until I started making the beds. (laughs) Whoops, there's Junior. What are you doing here? You're supposed to be in school. 
And last excuse, please excuse Harriet from school yesterday. We forgot to get the Sunday paper off the porch, and when we found it on Monday, we thought it was Sunday. Hmm. There's a lot of excuses we make for not doing the things that we know we should do. And sometimes we become very proficient in excusing why we are stuck in the same old problem that we were stuck a year ago in. We've come up with reasons why it's okay for us to be stuck. Maybe you've come to church this morning and you're stuck. But you've been rehearsing the excuses of why it's okay for you to be stuck so long that now you don't even feel like you really have to get unstuck because you have your excuses of why it's all right for you to still have the same problems you had two years ago, why it's okay for you still to be in the same place you were maybe five years ago, why you can't move forward in your life. Today we'll see a a man who was stuck and made excuses before Jesus and what Jesus did to liberate him from the place that he was stuck in. It's in John chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. I will be reading out of the New International Version. It says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Just pause for a moment here. Bethesda actually means the house of mercy. The place or the house of mercy. They've done excavation, by the way, and found this pool near the the mount, the temple mount. And just in the 1960s, they discovered a pool with five colonnades that is probably what this pool was. And it says, it was surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who had been there, an invalid, for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? The invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Word of the Lord. You may be seated. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a background here, just so you will track with what we're talking about. Jesus had had been ministering for some time already. He was walking with his disciples, and there happened to be in near in Jerusalem, there happened to be this pool called Bethesda, the place or the house of mercy. We don't know a lot about the history of this pool, but we do know, and some of your Bibles include it as an anecdotal phrase that says an angel, it seems to be that the legend or the history or the superstition was that an angel would come down every so often 
and touch the water. And the ripples of that water would be seen by the people that lie sick around the pool. And it was said that whoever entered in the pool, the first person to enter in the pool right after the angel had touched the water, they would experience healing. And so word traveled around that there's this pool with miraculous healing power. Uh, There's some places in the world today that the sick go to and travel to expecting the same sort of healing to happen. There's a place in France called Lourdes where people travel from all over to go to the waters that supposedly there may be supernatural healing involved in it. Looking for it. So imagine this place, people would go and they would live there. You would walk into this, po- uh, this pool area surrounded by five pillars, colonnades, and the deaf, the blind, the crippled, the sick, they would lay their mats around the pool. They would be there day after day, week after week, month after month, hoping that they would see the ripple in the water, that there would be some sort of supernatural touch, and if they could just throw themselves in the pool, if they could just get into the water in time, then the hope, the expectation was, I'll be healed, I'll be changed, my life will be different. Jesus happens to walk upon this pool, and it says that as Jesus approached this pool and he looked around to the people that were sick around the pool, he saw a man, and for some reason this man caught his attention. He was an invalid. I don't know if he was an invalid because of an accident. I don't know if he was born that way. It seems to be that probably he had been paralyzed somehow and was unable to move about too much. He had been in this condition for 38 years. Imagine, every day your existence is to go to this pool, lay on your mat with other sick people, and just look at the pool expecting maybe that somehow, somewhere, you would be the person that could jump in the pool and be healed. He lived off of the charity of other people that would come and feel sorry and give him some food or give him a a, a few small pieces of coin that could help him out and maybe his family would drop by once in a while just to see how he was doing. But week after week and day after day, he lived in this condition, stuck, hurt, wondering if he would ever make his way out of it. An encounter with Jesus would change everything. And as I look at this man, there's a couple things that come to my mind, and if you're taking notes, I want you to jot them down. The first thing that comes to my mind is this. The first step to healing and wholeness is you need to make a decision, or you need to make a choice.
This is Bold Steps with pastor of New Life Community Church and president of the Moody Bible Institute, Mark Job. Now stay with us because we'll return to the second half of this message in just a moment. But before we do, just a quick reminder that if you ever miss one of these daily teachings or you want to go back and revisit a message, you can do that anytime. There are several easy ways you can go back and listen to a message, starting with our website at boldstepsradio.org. You can also listen directly through your phone or mobile device and take these messages with you while you're out for a jog, maybe running some errands or sitting in the carpool line by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast. You'll find us on your podcast app by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Joe. And if you'd like to find even more Bold Steps content, be sure to subscribe to the Bold Steps Minute, where you get daily inspiration and biblical teaching from Mark in under a minute. To begin listening, simply subscribe through your podcast app or visit boldstepsminute.org. And if those options weren't enough, we also have special teachings and announcements available on video through the Bold Steps YouTube channel. Check out our growing library of Mark's brand new video lessons by searching for Bold Steps Radio on YouTube today. Now, let's jump back into the message. Mark is going to expand on that first point, and then he'll explain how we can stop making excuses and start living differently. Now, this man was physically stuck in his problem, but I believe that there's a lot of people that are stuck in a lot of different ways. You may be stuck in your relationship, stuck in your spiritual walk, stuck in some addiction, stuck in some depression, stuck in some cycle that you repeat over and over and you've been repeating it for a long time, uh, stuck in... In, in, in your struggle, you're wrestling with God. I, I don't know what your stuckness is, but I know that there's a lot of people that experience a problem and get used to it and live with it, and it becomes their life and their condition, and they no longer try to get out of it anymore. They just assume, this is my plight in life. This is how I will live the rest of the days of my life. Verse 6 says, and when Jesus saw him lying there, He learned, maybe by asking his disciples or someone else, that he had been in this condition for 38 years. And so Jesus approaches this man laying on the mat, invalid, close to the water. And the first thing that Jesus says to him, he looks at the man and he says, do you want to get well? Now, what a question. Seriously, it's like going to someone that's in the hospital bed, that's come to see a doctor, laying there and saying, hey, do you really want to get well? You would think, hold on a second, why do you think I'm here? Of course I want to get well. We assume that most people want to get well. But I believe that Jesus was asking a question because I believe that Jesus knew and understood how our human mind works and what our tendency is with problems that we encounter. You see, I believe that healing of every kind, body, soul, and spirit, it starts with a choice. We really have to decide, do we want to get well? Oh, I know that it seems obvious, but I believe that many people say they want to change, but don't really. They say they want to get well, but they really don't. 
In fact, I think that many people are more comfortable with an old problem than with a new solution. I think that we start living a certain way and we get used to the way we live and, and we, we, our problem becomes our buddy and we have a love-hate relationship with our problem and we get stuck with it and we learn to live with it and we make excuses about it and deep inside with, with our mouths we say we want to change but when it comes to really taking action, when it comes to taking steps, we never take the steps. We never take action. We say, I want to change. But when the opportunity for change comes, we never step forward. We want people to think we want to change. But there's something that keeps us paralyzed. Something that keeps us stuck. And Jesus, knowing the heart of this man, asked this obvious question, do you want to get well. There's millions of Americans today that are stuck some way. There's Americans that are stuck in alcohol abuse, eating disorders, gambling compulsions, pornography obsessions, compulsive spending, drug abuse, hundreds of other bad habits. There are people that are stuck in their walk with God, unwilling to release and offer forgiveness, and they stay stuck. There are people that are stuck in their conditions of poverty, saying they want to change, but over and over living in cycles of poverty. There are women that say they want to have a healthy relationship, but seem to gravitate over and over to abusive relationships and stay there and go from one bad relationship to another. There's young, men's that's, young men that say, I want to get out of this life of partying and settle down and do something more with my life than getting high on the weekends and, and, and live from one party to another because I think I have a destiny that's bigger than that, but they continue on in the same cycle over and over. There are people that say, I want to get right with God, and I, I'm tired of being far from God, but they live every year still in that same place of being far from God. And so Jesus stops the crowd, silences the uh, volume of the noise around, and asks this deep, penetrating, powerful questions in a clear voice. He says to you and I, and every individual that's stuck, do you want to get well. The second thing I want you to understand, I want you to understand it starts with the choice. You have to determine, do you really want to get well? Let me tell you, if it were easy to change, you would have changed already. What keeps us from changes is that change is painful. It causes us to have to face some fears that we have to release how we've lived for years. If it were easy, you would have done it a long time ago, but it's not easy to change. It's easier to do what you've always done, to repeat the pattern over and over. But change means that you get out of your comfort zone. It change means that you have to face some fears and 
You have to go to the hard places. You have to trust where you haven't trusted. Change is risky. But you'll never change unless you decide. I want to change more than I want to stay in this old place. I'm willing to face the pain and the risk and discomfort to set my life in a different course or direction until you are sick of being sick, until you are tired of your condition, until you get to the point where you learn enough that you want to change, that you hurt enough that you want to change, that you get enough help that you want to change, you will stay the same. So Jesus says, do you really want to change? The second thing that I want you to understand and about change is that we need to stop making excuses for why we're still bound by our problem. You see, Jesus asked this man a simple question, do you want to change? Notice his response. In verse 7, he says, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water's stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Well, hold, hold on a second. Is that what Jesus asked him? Did he ask him, why haven't you changed? No. He asked him, do you want to change? You see, in his mind, he'd already built up the excuses of why he couldn't change. And I want you to notice that his excuses involved other people. He says nothing about himself, nothing about his responsibility, nothing about his choices. He blames his stuckness on his environment. These people around me keep me stuck. If they would change, my life would be different. But because they don't change, I'm stuck. Let me tell you something about that. That is the absolute, quintessential victim mentality. Total victim mentality. You see, I believe that some of us who deeply want to change, we have a desire to change, but we, well, sometimes we want to just be more comfortable in the prison that we live in. A message from Mark Job, imploring us to break free from our comfortable prisons. This is Bold Step, and this message is part of our Jesus Up Close series. If you'd like to hear this message again, or if you'd like to listen to the complete series at your own convenience, you can do that online when you go to boldstepsradio.org. And Mark, radio is great, but there's another, almost more personal way you'd like to connect with our listeners. Many of you have already started to connect with us through Bold Stepper. It's our way of keeping you connected as partners. We give a word of encouragement. It's a personal message from me. I'll let you know what's happening in my own ministry, things that you can pray about, but also encourage you with words from Scripture or an exhortation for the day or a challenge. And it's a great way to start your Monday morning. Look for the Bold Stepper Weekly. And Mark, as we close out today's program, I want to touch on something that really permeates through all of these daily Bible teachings, and that is how important it is to have a personal relationship with Christ. We can't just go through the motions, can we? We've got to spend real time in the presence of Jesus. And that just is not only true for people that are coming to Christ and need to accept Him as Lord and Savior. It's for all of us, isn't it? Yeah, but it's true of people that are believers mm -hmm. as well. 
And I just preached at Founders Week not too long ago about on Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's for believers. Right. He invites us to come in and sit at the table and fellowship with him. So really, that's the message of Louis Giglio's book, At the Table with Jesus. I love that title because he just focuses on who Jesus is. And this book has 66 devotional thoughts specifically aimed at understanding who Jesus is in a more compelling way. Once again, the devotional is called At the Table with Jesus, and we would love to send it to your home when you give a financial gift to support this ministry. Call 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or request a copy online at boldstepsradio.org. You can also send your gift and request for the book in the mail. Simply address your letter to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. That's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And if you're a regular listener of this program and you enjoy the teaching, why not become a bold partner? Your support will help cover the costs of bringing this practical Bible teaching to you day after day, week after week. And we do rely on our partners, no question about it. So partner with us today and sign up at boldstepsradio.org. Plus, when you give a financial gift of $30 or more each month, we'll send you a link for 50% off any selection in the entire Moody Publishers catalog. Sign up today and give today at boldstepsradio.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us again tomorrow when we'll learn how to close the door on our old lives and step forward into a new one. It's about learning to embrace your spiritual destiny. And it's coming up on Wednesday's edition of Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.